everybody. This is Brad Bruce, and I'm here with Jace Marsiglia. And you are listening to the 5195 Podcast. Coast to coast like Space Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> did you watch that show? I used to, yeah, here and there. Yeah, so did I. Every time you say coast to coast, I think of that KFI show that I used to listen to. Those, oh, yeah, yeah, with yeah. With Art Bell and George Norrie. But that, that's something that I want to <laughs> I want to get into on, on, a, on a later show. Um, For sure. I thought you were going to go the other way and say Casey Kasem or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. I blew it. <laughs> I fucking blew it. Well, you went in the direction that we would go, so it's, it's you know. Yeah. Well, let's do a quick uh, catch up. Sure. How's the writing coming? It's going good. I think I mentioned in the last episode that I finished the outline for the creepy dark web one. Mm-hmm. And I have moved on. I've started the outline for the cellar dweller comedy. And uh, that one's been moving along pretty decently. And it, it's been it's been funny. And the thing is, I know I was talking about not really hopping back and forth. I may just stick with one or the other, but at least this way I have two completed outlines to work off of. The Where the thought process regarding the structure of both stories is done. And I could just add meat. You know what I mean? Yep. So that's kind of where I'm at right now is I'm, I'm going to finish up the outline for the comedy. And then um, I have two to choose from now to just either dive into full bore, creepy, disturbing, ugly shit or silly town, goofy bullshit. Yeah. But either way, to me, the hard part's done of figuring out point A to B mm-hmm. on both. Question. Yeah. When you are coming up with these ideas do, do you have the ending ready to go do, or, or do you just go beat by beat and let the story unfold because that's what i do i do that most of the time yeah in fact outlining like i'm doing right now i don't even do that mm. this has been kind of new to me but the thing is i've at least for the dark web one i've got so many plates spinning on that one mm-hmm. that i needed something to follow because i've probably got four intertwining plots happening simultaneously in the dark web one wow four yeah and that would be that's kind of hard to figure out not just how much time you're giving to each plot line but where are they going to intersect and you know like if if story a and c intersect near the end is that going to affect something that happened in stories b and d you know what i mean right so I needed to do it for this script because it was so complex. Uh, I wanted to make sure all the ducks were in a row so that when I do start to write it, I could just be like, all right, today I'm going to do a scene from story A, then go here tomorrow and make sure that it moves smoothly enough that the readers can follow it. But most importantly, I write it in a way that's not cheating anybody. Yeah. Because it's it, it's very hard, especially with ones like this where there's maybe a twist ending or something you kind of got to work backwards and sweep your footprints away. Yes. It's kind of hard to do that when you're sweeping four sets of footprints. That's a very daunting task for sure. It is. And it's probably my most ambitious script. It's probably going to be ridiculously long that first cut. Okay. But I just wanted to get it out there. Then I can whittle it down to whatever. But I could see this one being kind of big, maybe too big, Mm -hmm. but then, then working it backwards, you know, and, slimming it up whereas the comedy was just madcap bullshit right that's a lot of uh plots but it's cool though it's 
but that's the thing. It's not so much. It's not even like say Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. where you're gonna get you're gonna get a story and then another story and another story. Right. These are all happening simultaneously. So we're gonna cut back and forth between a lot of things. So you're following a lot. So it's just one continuous all, story. Yes, it'll be like it's all housed in the same plot. It's just these characters may not meet these characters till later. You won't even know the connection between this guy and this guy until later. You know, it's just I've mapped it out pretty intricately to where by the end, when everything clicks into place, it's like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, that's the big picture. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's it's like I said, I've, I've done multi-story stuff before but it's been more anthology like right so it's a little easier you know but this one's kind of kind of heavy i'm, I'm kind of experimenting mm. on this one that's good though. so you're challenging yourself yeah good. so that one's going to be the tough one for sure yeah it sounds very detailed it sounds like a lot of continuity you're gonna have to pay close attention to exactly There's continuity is that's definitely the the key is making sure someone doesn't go back and reread it or rewatch it and go well this doesn't make sense to the timeline you set down i think with that already in your mind that's already half the battle yeah because you're already fully aware of that and most writers that i've worked with or or have read some of their stuff they're not really yeah oh Hmm. yeah but yeah that's cool man but those are two different worlds with that 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 light-hearted fun comedy and then that extremely tug at the collar dark yes well that's cool though that's good I, i can't wait to read yeah, no, yeah, I'm definitely going to get on it, man. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I'm still just polishing things and, you know, and getting them sure. getting them ready. Um, I am fleshing out a new story. I've always wanted to do a Western. So sure. I'm like, you know what? Let me try to do my version of a Western. So That would be dope. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's it's cool. You, you know, you, you obviously know the concept of what's going on. So clearly I'm not going to talk about it right now, but... Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. I was talking to another buddy uh, about it and... He was like, wow, this is something different, you know? And I was yeah. like, oh, wow, cool. Thank God. <laughs> I, like you, I'm not worried of being able to come up with ideas. Yeah. Because you know? I don't come up with an idea that I, I'm trying to, like, reach every single person in the world. I literally am coming up with shit that I want to read or I want to see. Sure. Um, but moving on from that, but still kind of in the same same realm. So, you know, I've been writing more than I have in many years. Sure. And it was just, it was just so fun. Yeah. It just flowed and I was, I was happy and I was excited and because I, I was in that mind frame of, well, I want to sell these. So the gloves were off and I was able to write whatever the story needed as opposed to writing what I had because I was going to try to make it. Yeah. So now it's like, I feel like my writing doesn't suffer. Not that it really did before, but like, I feel like I can just really pay attention to the stories now. It was very liberating, but then also, fuck, I should have been doing this 20 years ago. And mm. and, and what I mean is I, I should have been just writing scripts at just the purest form and mm-hmm. trying to sell them. Right. I feel like taking the route of, of becoming a filmmaker, I feel like it hindered me a bit as, as a writer. Well... The only argument I'd have for that is the fact that being a filmmaker in all aspects opened the necessary doors that a writer would need to succeed, mm-hmm. as opposed to some guy in the Midwest like myself who just started putting pen to paper and didn't know where to go from there. See, that's the other so, side of the coin. I understand so, I mean, that, yeah. Not, so I don't feel like you're 
previous years as a filmmaker were for not. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you're definitely going to benefit from that as a writer. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's it's all a good thing. It's all a good, it's all tools in your toolbox. Yeah, that, I definitely see that. I told Tina, I was like, I need to talk to you about film and my future and filmmaking. <laughs> and she was just like, oh, no, here we go again. Here we go like, again. I just want to dance. <laughs> That's it. That's all I want to <laughs> fucking do. Um, maybe it is the writer in us that we want to create a little bit of suspense until we tell them what's going on. Oh, sure. You know, and, and so I told her, I was like, oh, we need to talk. You know, I, I made a decision about my, you know, my future in, in the film industry. Rereading it, I was like, nah, that might have not been the best. I could have like, you know, prefaced or followed up, but everything's good. <laughs> everything's going to be good, you know, but I didn't. And when, when I met with her, she was like, just her face, like, was just, oh God, okay, tell me. You know, what you, done? <laughs> you know, and all I said was, I really want to focus more on writing scripts and selling them and and not worrying about being on set right now. I love being on set. It's fun. You you know, you know what it's like, but yes, they say, you know, being a writer is a very lonely profession, which it is. It it, it really is, you know, um, maybe there's, there's parts of me that thrive on, on the loneliness. I don't know. Like it's, it's weird. I don't have a problem with that. I feel like I'm able to be a little more creative, not getting too fucking weird, but just telling her, I really want to focus on writing as many scripts that I feel are marketable. I said, so I'm not, I'm not like giving up on filmmaking. I would love to be on set producing, directing, whatever it may be. But I feel like I am better if I was to just continue writing and trying to secure an agent or, you know, a a literary agent and try to sell some of the stories that, that I have. Right. So that's really what I'm going to try to do. So, you know, hopefully some of our listeners are agents and they want to, they want to hire us and and buy all these amazing scripts that are going to make them millions of dollars, you know? Exactly. (laughs) I mean, it's not that hard. You know what I mean? It's like, if you look at like who we are, And if you spent a day with us, you would see just how fucking great me and Jace are. And you would, (laughs) you would be fighting tooth and nail to buy some of our scripts. Just saying. Just saying. Mm -hmm. All we're doing is saying. (laughs) We're just saying. Um, Yeah. So, you know, I'm just, (laughs) I'm I'm embracing the the writing, uh, you know, uh, side of it now and really trying to produce some really fun stuff, you know, because I feel like the shackles are off and I don't have to write to what I have now versus now I can just write and the story doesn't suffer. You know, that's gotta be cool. Yeah. Cause I've never, I've never had that pivot before. Cause I've, I've always just wanted to write, you know, and I remember that epiphany and how awesome that felt. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you've kind of, you've been all over. And, <laughs> Man, uh, I, yeah. I've been all over the fucking place in this shit. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, I would imagine it's, it feels new and exciting to come up with. It is. And, and I think that's why I'm, yeah, I think that's why I'm embracing it so much because it is fucking exciting. And it, it, it's one of those things where like, you know, when you and I started talking about doing the show that everything just fell into place and it clicked. And then when we started, it just fucking ran smooth. I was like, you know what? Everything clicked. And and in this moment coming up with this, I'm just going to write and make some really great scripts. Like that's all I want to focus on, yes. you know? And so I'm just, I'm, I'm having a good time. Oh, that's great. And it's like, yeah, if I can use a connection from Hollywood to where I'm like, Hey, read our stuff. 
You think we're good enough? Help us get an agent or give it to the right person. Maybe that's a leg up yeah. that a lot of people don't have that, that I'm lucky enough to have. I'm not saying go take all our scripts to fucking acquisitions at fucking Universal immediately. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, you know, if you feel like, hey, this is good let me give it to someone and this could potentially be a film. You know, I'm not, I'm not looking to get rich. I'm just, I'm looking to just continue to be able to create and make things. As a full-time job. As a full-time job. You know? Yeah. It's like, I I just, I I just want to be able to have the freedom of knowing that man writing once again is paying my bills, but this time it's, it's, it's my script versus just writing for someone else. If I could just be sitting at a, you know, at a desk in my office and the bills are paid, the phone's still ringing like, what do you have? It doesn't go much better. It doesn't get much better. And, you know, I mean, I'm a pretty easy to please guy. You know, I don't need much. You know, I'm sure a lot of people right now that know me are going to be like, that's a crock of shit. (laughs) (laughs) The old me, yeah, you're probably right. The new me, I'm becoming sort of a minimalist. I really am. I don't need all of this shit that I've acquired over these years. You know, I'm just just excited to see where this is going to go. I think you should be. Just because these aren't, easy decisions to make and both of us know how prickly this path can be and neither one of us have just fallen into this by luck it is a lot of hard work so we obviously you and i don't want anyone listening to this to think oh these guys this is just ambition pure ambition pie in the sky bullshit no 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 we've thought this stuff out you know this We've thought of a plan. We have done trial and error. We have fought tooth and nail. So now that we've gotten to this point, we have to make these decisions. Yeah. You know, and that's, it's a blessing. It it really is. I mean, it's. And it also shows growth within ourselves. Yes. There's a lot of, a lot of growth. Yeah. Because growth is for sure. One of my scripts that I I had written, it was funny because a friend of mine read it early on and was just like, no, bro, this isn't how, no. No, no. It was fucking hilarious. If I can if I can pull these samples out, I will definitely put them out so people can laugh because these are good or mistakes. Learn. These are good mistakes. You know what I mean? You got to learn. You know, you, you, yes. you have to learn, especially if you're not going to go the school route. You still got to learn. You got to learn format. We've all heard the stories where uh, producers and uh, agents, they're, they're literally looking for a reason to throw your script out that is because true. it's just more work, right? Yeah. And if something crosses their desk that looks even remotely outside of studio standard or industry standard, I should say, they'll pitch it Mm -hmm. gladly. The format is the first, in my opinion, well, second biggest hurdle outside of coming up with a good idea. You can have a brilliant idea and not know how to put it on paper. But yeah, once you've got the good idea, putting it down the way it's supposed to be is key to your at least even trying to get in the door. Yeah, because like yeah. you're, you're right, so, they no one will look at it if it's not formatted no, correctly. No, you have to you have to go into it looking at it like they only need the slightest reason to throw this out. Don't give it to them. That's why there's also script services that you can give your shit out to to make sure that it's formatted properly. To make sure that you know, oh, yeah. especially if you have something good, the last thing you would ever want is if you had a phenomenal idea mm-hmm. and then. You know, some some agent gets a hold of it, and before he gives it to anyone, he's going to read it and go, oh, fuck this. This guy can't write. I'm not going to read it and throw it away. Yep. And, it'll and that's that. It will totally fucking happen. So Yes. Yeah, formatting is key. And I I used to do exercises on Final Draft. I would just do formatting exercises. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. just to get your, like, you know, your shortcuts down. 
just on one page, you know, I would just do all the headings, you know, do the actions, dialogues, parentheticals, like whatever it may be, your transitions and stuff like that. And just, and I would just be writing like, you know, exterior, location, day, action. And like, there's a knife, you know, so it's like knife is capitalized or sometimes it's italicized, like whatever it may be, you know, like, or if there's a sound, you know, like capitalizing the sound. A lot of those capitalizations. Yeah. A lot of that stuff, if I'm not mistaken, is for other crew to jump out at them it is you know you capitalize you know hunting knife that's for the prop guy to go okay i need that kind of knife right because everyone's going to have the script and everyone's going to have their own colored highlighters and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know everyone has something to pay attention Mm -hmm. to yep especially when you're uh, handing the script off yes you know which i have never done before and i'm excited about that (laughs) but you know so learning that because i never did that stuff dude i never capitalized props or things you know like that or even sounds because i mean in my mind i'm like i just write on my script on the day like there's going to be this is going to happen you know and it's like this is for editing so that's the that's the filmmaker and you reading the script especially when you were doing your own stuff Mm -hmm. you don't really have to tailor it to anyone but yourself because you were going to go shoot it yeah yeah you know what i mean yeah And, and and that was the thing is one of the first times that i had given a script that I had written for someone else, I would put WS wide shot over the shoulder, uh, medium two shot, like, Oh, this, this would be like a dolly tracking shot. I gave it to him and he was like, why are you coming up with my shot list, dude? I just need the story. Like, I don't, I don't need your vision on the script. Like I'm going to create the shot list. I don't, I don't need you. You know? And I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, I don't know, man, I, I got a whole new fondness for the art of, of screenwriting again. And I'm really That's excited. Cool. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. Like I'm, I'm excited to see where it's going to go. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's again, I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's like, uh, I'm, I'm in the fortunate position of if I knew then what I know now. Mm-hmm. And I gotta be honest with you. I don't feel I wasted my time per se. I did. When I first came to this realization, I was like, holy fuck, I wasted a lot of time. But the more I thought about Mm -hmm. it, and then you sort of reiterating what I said about, you know, you know, you were like, dude, you, 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 you learned a lot and you, you did a lot, you know, and you made a lot of connections. And so that's where I'm fortunate. That's why I'm like, you know what? Maybe this was supposed to happen right now. Everything in my life that's happening, maybe it's supposed to be, you know? I think so. Because honestly, you did guerrilla film school, Yes, in I my did. opinion. That's what it was. You yeah. you did boots on the ground film school. Mm-hmm. And that's the most priceless form of film school. Mm-hmm. It's being able to do as opposed to learn. Because you're learning while doing it's just putting feathers in your cap. Yeah. You could go to film school and get all the good grades, but you still got to prove yourself out there and you were doing it as you were learning. And I I think that's invaluable. Everything that you did, I wouldn't look at it any worse than when you tell me like, because you've heard me say before, this is cool that I'm starting to take off, but God damn, I'm in my forties now. And you're like, so exactly it's no different than me saying that you're like dude you're meant to be here now Mm -hmm. so don't worry about everything that led up to it you were doing what you were supposed to you didn't waste any time you wrote that whole time yeah 
that's to me that's no different than what you're describing you're you're talking about an era that you were getting vital connections and and experiences that are only going to enrich your writing so i i think it's awesome no matter how you cut it personally i I think you should be proud of that yeah i am i definitely am proud of that well now that we're done you know blowing smoke up each other's ass um (laughs) but still keeping with the movie theme um, yes. Okay. Because there's there's a movie that's coming out. I'm just so on the fence because I feel okay. like we could do an entire show on this film. And oh, really? Okay. Yes. And it's a film that we have loosely discussed, but I've never really discussed just how impactful the film was to me. Oh. Okay. So I was thinking we could just kind of move into like, hey, movies coming out. You know, this year, like, is there anything you're excited about or curious yeah, about, you know? Because there's I, a few. I have one that's been on my mind. I want to have high hopes, but I'm also extremely terrified because of the sequels. Oh, really? Okay. And that is the uh, Rupert Sanders, The Crow. And I'm very worried <laughs> about this movie. <laughs> I, I'm not worried about Bill Skarsgård playing Eric Draven. That's a fucking great no. choice. No, he's he's great. He is. It's been very tightly wrapped. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know very little about it myself outside of just the surface stuff that's come out about Skarsgård and stuff like yeah, that. And they're they're being so secretive with this shit, which is good. Yeah. I don't know, man. No. I don't know. I, I think part of it's superstition because it's such a cursed production quote-unquote oh yeah not to mention. i mean if you take away the stigma of the crow and its sequels this reboot or whatever it is has started and stopped probably a dozen times mm-hmm. and i've always wondered why you know i i don't know and you don't really find out it's just either people have left or this didn't work out mm-hmm. or that didn't work out and i feel like they're looking at it like if we divulge too much we're screwed mm-hmm. and I, I i think it's partly superstitious you it know? has to be i mean because you already know that like eyes and ears are open on this one yeah people i'm not as i'm, I'm probably more with you about being i don't want to say ambivalent just cautious about mm-hmm. this one but i know that there's people out there that are like i cannot fucking wait for this mm-hmm. they don't seem concerned no, they don't seem concerned. It's probably just us, us who was uh, was there when the whole tragedy went down and grew up knowing that every time we popped in our VHS tape. Yep. It's, there's that, that generation's kind of already come and gone and dealt with it, whereas the newer ones are like, oh, the crow. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Well, because here's the thing is I worked in a comic book shop. Yeah. And so I was aware of the crow before it was anything. It was a little underground thing. You know, and then also then working from the comic book shop to a video store. Jeez, my sure. my my fucking employment history is it's insane. I, it's like the only thing missing is like circus. But um, <laughs> even at the video store, you know, like being being fans of like Fangoria and stuff like that, you know, and then finding out that they were doing a live action, and 
being a fan of Brandon Lee, just obviously because of his father, but just because of his own body of work. Uh, Laser Mission is fucking yeah. amazing. Rapid Fire is fucking amazing. Like, Showdown in Little Tokyo is... They're fun. Yes. These are fun movies. They're extremely fun. Yeah. You know, so I had high hopes because I was like, Jesus Christ, that that's Eric Draven. Oh, my mm. God. Like... I had a dog named Draven. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I was so excited for this. And then I remember pulling into the driveway and then getting out of the car, walking by the window and seeing the, the helicopter flying ahead of the studio. And and I saw it, like, in his picture there. And I was just like, what? And then, like, went inside and saw it. And, and I was just like, there's no fucking way. There's yeah. no way. And then that whole year of okay it's over and then they started saying you know well we're, we're finishing it oh yeah you know and i was like oh my god and i remember me and my cousin going to united artist theater and um I, I was just completely fucking blown away at what i had seen it's so much better than what it yeah. was meant to be it was you know? it was like that's my blade runner okay it just really spoke to me no kidding yeah and it, and it was just Obviously the music. Oh, soundtrack's phenomenal. One of the best ones ever. But it was also the message, you know? It was mm -hmm. it was insane, you know? And then even like with the little girl, Sarah, and like the relationship with her mother and the world, it was just, it was insane, man. It was like this dark fantasy that just, it seemed like a real place that I could yeah. go visit. Like it was so, you know, it was so crazy. And, and then, you know, then they started doing all these remakes and I was like, oh my God, you literally are shitting on this legacy. <laughs> You're shitting yeah, on this legacy. They're not great. I mean, no. I, I I rarely revisit them. I know I watched City of Angels again a few yeah. years back and it was better than I remembered. It's not bad. And in fact, it was pretty good. I'll even go as far as to say it was pretty good. Mm -hmm. But I had to watch it with that mindset because when i first saw it i was like this is garbage this is terrible you know why even bother and i think most of us didn't give it a shot for that very reason i'll be the first one to say that yeah i mean once i heard they were even doing it i'm like no yeah nope well then when and i then saw I went salvation <laughs> salvation i like i have only seen it the one time kirsten dunn i'm sure i'll revisit it crow movie like what yeah Who's next? Yeah. Like, I mean, Pauly Shore is Eric Draven? I mean, I don't understand. Like <laughs> Eddie Furlong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think that uh, what's his name? Perez, right? Vincent Perez. Vincent Perez was the second one. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he did that bad of a job. No, he brought a lot of anger to it and uh he was fine. Yeah. But he he had to know what kind of shadow he was working under. Yeah, that 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 takes Which some Which is already balls. That's, you know, that's already just, ouch, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and, you know, Iggy Pop was good in it. Yes. He you know what, and I'll be honest with you, that soundtrack wasn't too bad as well. Oh, I, I almost put it up there with the first one. Yeah. It, and it, as a matter of fact, the first one I love top to bottom, but there's a lot of bands on that first soundtrack mm -hmm. that I'm still not really that familiar with. You know, I just know the song from that, you know, and I like it. Uh -huh. Whereas City of Angels... You had Corn, White Zombie, Deftones, Nine yeah. Inch Nails. That was more of a who's who soundtrack than the first one was. Right. And I really liked it a lot. I mean, well, even, I'm that not Bush, even a that Bush song was great. Yeah, the whole song was great. 
I was going to say, I'm not a big fan of Hole at all, but that Gold Dust Woman cover of Fleetwood Mac, it's phenomenal. It yeah, it's it's one of those, I, I me and my brother call them soundtrack movies where none of it's good except for the soundtrack. I could say that about several movies. I'm looking at my soundtracks right back now, the, and I'm like, the future. oh, yeah, absolutely. Way better than the movie. <laughs> E.T. I mean, what was that shit? Come on. That's Nobody's breakdancing to E.T. Come on. <laughs> I do have a lot, like Spawn. Remember Spawn? Fuck yes. I wasn't crazy about it. Really? I don't remember much about it. Yeah, I don't remember much about it. I just remember not liking it. But the soundtrack is killer. I still own the soundtrack. Soundtrack is one of the sickest yeah. soundtracks ever. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, it's it's great. But yeah, that was one that I remember when I saw it, I was just kind of like, eh. Because wow. I loved the comic. You know, the comic was great. And it, it always had a special place for me because it came out on my birthday. Okay. The very first issue came out May 10th of like 92, maybe. Yeah. So like my 10th birthday, boom, Spawn was on the shelf. And yeah, I just immediately liked it. I was like, this is like a demonic Batman. He's it's fucking awesome. I loved it. You man. Know, chains and everything. It yep. was just sweet. Did you oh. watch the HBO cartoons? Yes. I love those. Good. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was way better. I only saw Spawn the one time and I was disappointed. Wow. So, okay. Maybe with a new set of eyes, I can give it a shot. Yeah. You know, you should because with, it, with it's hindsight. very fun. Well, like I said, you know, I did that with City of Angels. And like I said, it didn't blow me away, but no, it's no, there's way worse gross like, <laughs> sequels. Yeah. And it was just, I was, I remember coming away from it almost feeling a little dirty. Okay. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, I kind of, kind of liked it this time. And I felt bad. You know, you've got it in your head that this movie is such a fucking sham, you know, mm-hmm. it's a money grab. It, it's, it's fucking up the memory of Brandon, you know, mm-hmm. who probably wouldn't have given a shit. He probably would have given it his blessing, even if he wasn't invited back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He would, he's just a, he was a cool guy like that. Yeah. But you knew watching it that this was meant to be another Brandon vehicle and it just felt phony. And uh, to watch it again and be like, fuck, I kind of dug it. I just felt like shit. No, I get it. I'll, I'll probably do the same with Spawn eventually. I don't, I don't own it. It's not one that I've got, but I'm, I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. Wow. I just never picked it up. Yeah, I, I feel like the Spawn and the Crow world—they're they're very, they're similar on that on that aspect of just the underbelly, the, yeah. the, the gritty, dirty. Yes, wrong they're side the of the both track. kind of unforgiving revenge stories. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think that's why I liked both of them so well. You know, because again, I, I was and I still own the original Spawn comics from when I worked at the comic book store when they came out day one oh, shelf. You know, I have those, the colors in those books. And I was just like, oh my God, oh, they were fucking insane. You know, the, the, the covers yeah. on uh, those, the, the first, you know, 50, 60 issues are, are just insane. And I, yeah. I automatically, man, I was like, wow, this fucking Simmons cat is crazy. This is, mm-hmm. this is nuts. It was cool. So, but yeah, I don't know, man, getting back to this 2024 crow. Um, I have reservations, but I also have high hopes. It'd be nice for The Crow to become more than just its one movie. Just don't let David Gordon Green nowhere near it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hate to say it. He's, he's not had a great track record as of late. You know what? And, and that goes back to my opinion of do what you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I... I, you know, again, we can we can get into that whole thing. Like it's, <laughs> but I don't want to. Just about the Halloween series, the the last three. Sure. Um, but 
I just feel like they shouldn't have control over some of these iconic IPs. I just don't. True. I, I don't. Do you think? Do you think they should just leave it alone and let it languish, or no? I think they should give it to someone who loves the property, who who genuinely okay. loves it. Um, well, I mean, just to play devil's advocate, we don't know that David Gordon Green doesn't love Halloween. Well, no, I'm not saying a... I'm not saying he don't love Halloween, but. I feel like what he did was let me pay attention to details that were laid down for me. Okay. Let let me tie my series to the first one. I see. Okay. You know, instead of creating something original, because you know, I'm not a I'm I'm not a fan of losing Halloween two. And, oh yeah. And if yeah. you you know, they and, did and, disregard it. yeah. So it's like if you disregard two. You know, and I understand the rest of them. Okay, fine. But that doesn't mean I don't like them because I still do like the other ones. I'm sorry. But in, in my opinion, is like, you know, for the story to make sense, like if you think about it, like in 78, man, Michael only killed like what? Six, seven people? Yeah, it wasn't a lot. It wasn't the Sawyer family, man. It, it wasn't It wasn't Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre. You know what I mean? It was just this very methodical, quiet, stalking. He was like a shark. You yeah. Yeah. And it's like, so if you get rid of two, then you're going to have this girl that saw him only a few times in the whole movie. You're going to have that completely ruin her entire life. And she's mm. now a fucking hermit shut in who's building traps and has shut the world out. And this is like taking her whole life over, you know, and she's waiting well, on this one day. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you still had that full night with Haddonfield Memorial. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, it makes a little more sense. This dude's a fucking monster. Yeah. He didn't stop. He didn't what, stop. Whatsoever. You yeah. Know. So I feel like it should be Halloween, Halloween 2. And I'll be honest with you, I might be crucified for this, but I think 2017 should be Halloween 3 and then 4 and 5. That's how the series should be. Huh. I think Halloween okay. 18 should be Halloween 3. Why name a movie Halloween when the first one's named Halloween? Yeah. I don't know. I've I'm never just, liked that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think I'm just a nitpicky fucking. That's, that's a stylistic man. thing <laughs> that <laughs> I, I don't agree with either. Yeah. I, you know, where they're just like, I know it's not the first, we're not remaking it, but we're just going to call it that. Yeah. And it, I, I've never been a fan of that. Yeah. Or at least stick right. to your guns and be like, okay, you disregard two? Well, then guess what? This is Halloween two. <laughs> right. You know? Yep. Like, fine. And then maybe do, like, the flashback like like they did, like, the 78 stuff. Why not? Then why not do that? Oh, that, that was in... That kills. Uh, that was in Kills. Yeah. Yep. Like, so... So why not do, like, in Halloween Kills, the flashback? Why not do a whole movie of that? Or do what, what made her go crazy? Dope. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, look at the fucking makeup job. The likeness makeup job Chris Nelson did on, on the character playing Donald Pleasance. It was eerie. It was. My hair stood up when I seen him. I'm <laughs> like, holy shit. Yeah. It was just phenomenal. Yeah. So I was just like. Well, even the details of the Myers house with the 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 light or the gutter that fell and insane. broke the window. Yes. That was still hanging. Man. Insane. I, I was more wrapped up in the flashback stuff than I was the rest. Mm -hmm. But I still enjoyed Kills. Hey, look, don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. I loved every single one of them. Did you? I did. I, I just didn't like the the, the the disregarding of Halloween 2, especially if you want to make a cohesive story that makes sense, linear. It's then... it's, the, it's just the way it works now. Every, everything's about fresh starts. and yeah. yeah. Although I will tell you, I don't know if you were aware of this. Uh, I found this out watching the commentary for, I think, Halloween Kills. 
when you're writing the script or when you register your movie with the studio and not for the public, your Halloween is Halloween number whatever. Okay. So he flat out said Halloween kills as far as the studio and paperwork was concerned is Halloween 12. I I get it. I get that. Which is funny. It's almost, it's a, it's a little bit like what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's like somewhere out there in a file cabinet, Halloween kills is Halloween 12. Mm -hmm. So the continuity may not jive, but it's still (laughs) a Roman numeral of sorts. You know what I mean? Yep. So, I thought that was interesting. I didn't know they just did that just for filing purposes. Yeah. You know, Rob Zombie's Halloween is Halloween nine. You know, I had no idea. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, I thought that was pretty funny. So, I mean, it's like, if you were like, yeah, I saw the ninth Halloween, you wouldn't necessarily be wrong. I don't look at it as the ninth. I I think of it as another start Mm -hmm. because we're cliff noting the original film again, basically. Mm -hmm. But that was an interesting little tidbit i picked up was no matter how many remakes reboots sequels spinoffs they're all numbered as part of that series yeah in order so it's kind of cool that is that that is cool yeah see look at that tangent we went off on man i didn't even know we're talking about halloween and that's for just for halloween this was and we weren't even talking yeah because i made a joke about him directing the crow Um, I'll tell you one that I'm a little hesitant about. There's a few movies coming out this year that I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. Like Gladiator 2. <laughs> but, like, I, I mean, I know. Originally, Scott's in it. He's directing it. It's Connie Nielsen again. Blah, blah, blah. Denzel Washington's apparently in it. Okay. Uh, fuck that. Why, yeah. why are we doing Gladiator 2? It almost just, sounds like I mean, a spoof. <laughs> certain movies just seem like a one and done. You know what I'm saying? Like, the the entire story of Gladiator to me died with that character. Mm-hmm. You're done. It was a it was a full full arc. Yeah. Probably my most anticipated movie is uh, Deadpool three. Okay. Where we're finally we brought we're bringing for one thing it's the first Deadpool movie to be part of the actual MCU. He was a Fox property prior to. Now he's actually part of the same world as Iron Man and the Hulk and all that stuff. And he brought back Wolverine from the X-Men series. I saw that, the yellow suit Wolverine. Yes. And here's what's even crazier. It's that Wolverine. I've heard rumors that the Jennifer Garner Electra from 2003's Daredevil is supposed to be in it. (laughs) Really? So we're we're cross-pollinating all of these. Like, those are the three characters that's already blowing my mind. But it's like, who else is going to appear in this? Because you know... Ryan Reynolds and his team for their debut in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he's going to blow the doors off. He's going to go big. And as a huge Marvel fan, as a huge Deadpool fan, I can't wait for this fucking movie, dude. I'm like, I'm on pins and needles about that one because so far that series, the Deadpool series just by itself is two for fucking two in my book. They're great. Great movies. I haven't seen the second one. Uh, Oh, the second one's even better than the first, in my opinion. It's hilarious. It is more violent. It's fucking sicker it's funnier it's i just i laugh the whole fucking movie oh, wow. I, All right. every time it's on tv i just i leave it on i can't help it i can't oh. turn it off so i'm really looking forward to deadpool 3 that's my big one for 2024 okay um i'm kind of skimming through this list here they've got furiosa okay. a mad max spinoff uh-huh. with anya taylor joy 
it's by George Miller again. So okay. it's still in the wheelhouse of the guy who started it all. I kind of need to just knock through those again, I think. Well, I'm not even sure if I've seen Fury Road. Fury Road is good. Is it? Okay. Fury that's Road the fourth good. one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, I mean, Beyond Thunderdome, that's my jam. <laughs> no shit, the Tina Turner one. I just, like, she's so badass in it. Like, yeah. She that's, is. I She's just, great. I, yeah. Everything about Thunderdome is it for me. I love that yeah. one. I know there's another one that I'm like, okay, what are we doing again? Another Omen movie okay. is coming out. Oh, yeah. The first Omen, I think yeah, they're calling why? it. Well, what's weird is if it's a prequel, which I'm assuming it is just by the title, maybe, mm-hmm. then what the fuck was Damien? <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, I don't understand because this one's supposed to be about uh, like, like some American chick that gets sent to Rome to, uh-huh. to start a, like her life as a, as a nun and then then she encounters the darkness and all this kind of shit you know and it's just like what well just by virtue of the fact that the omen saga starts with damien quote unquote mm-hmm. are we just watching a movie to see a, a kid get born and get killed i mean because clearly it does, clearly whatever it is that happens doesn't take mm-hmm. right exactly i'm with you on that one what are your thoughts on twisters have you heard of that yes um I, I guess it was supposed to be a direct sequel, and they just decided, you know what? It's in the universe. We'll make reference to it, but all new people and more bad weather. Yeah, no, that's the thing. It's like, God damn it. You're just showing the same shit. I just, I don't, yeah, I, I can't really get behind that one. I'm not really interested. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what? Well, the 96 film classic it is it's a fun movie it I mean, is so it's, much fun i definitely ain't watching it for the stupid divorce story that's just lame but right i don't know like I, as far as effects and stuff go that was to weather what jurassic park was to dinosaur oh, oh, movie. for sure for sure it was a phenomenal film yeah. for the effects and the, the sound design and it was just yeah and then thing is since then there's been so many natural disaster movies that mm-hmm. I kind of don't care. Mm-mm, They're all, no. they all run together for me. They, yeah. 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 They all do. I mean, if, if I wasn't so anal about movies, I, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you a Dante's peak from a volcano or, Oh yeah. You Same. Know, it's just, they, they were just cranking them out left, right and center. And it got to the point where even twister, when it would come on, I'm like, nah, Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like watching bad weather right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again. I mean, you know, at some point, it's either going to be Tommy Lee Jones is going to show up or Bruce Willis is going to show up. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. So what about that um, Nosferatu? Uh, Robert Eggers? Yeah. That could be cool. It that could, could be. be cool. It could be. Because uh, I don't know. It's funny that you mentioned that. I actually revisited The Witch today. We're doing this episode on the 23rd. Today was the day it opened in 2015. 15 2016 i believe okay i don't know if we've talked about it on the show but i have this gargantuan spreadsheet that i showed you mm-hmm. it's basically a massive ever-growing calendar and i went through all my movies and my collection and put everything out by theatrical release date so that i'll never not know what to watch right. any day so today i pulled up january 23rd what movies came out today uh and the witch was on there and i hadn't seen it since it first came out I can't really, I couldn't tell you a whole lot about it. I remember bits and pieces. So I just popped it in today and it was fucking creepy. It was creepier than I remembered. And uh, it's a slow boil, but Robert Eggers, he, he has a way of building dread the way Kubrick did. It's it's very slow, dark, unnerving. Nothing's just thrown at you. I feel like him doing a Nosferatu would be really unsettling. Did you see I think playing he playing Orlock? No, who was playing Orlock? <laughs> Fucking Bill Skarsgård. 
oh my god this is gonna be his fucking year that's man. what i'm saying like that's so badass you, you know, know that's, that's why i was badass. like okay fucking awesome he's gonna play count orlock and eric draven in the same fucking year and that's after blowing the socks off of pennywise exactly so that's why my if hopes I, are so high with both of them you know i think that one's probably more of a sure bet yeah the nosferatu i, I, I I kind of feel like we're going to get what we paid for and then some, whereas the other ones are kind of, we're gambling. Well, because you know. there there really isn't that definitive, oh my God, this is the greatest Nosferatu movie ever made. No, but I've, the two that they made, and even, I'll even throw in Shadow of the Vampire, the making of, Amazing. with Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. I've he's never in, been let down by Is he really? Yeah, he, he's in the 2024. That makes sense, because he did The Lighthouse with Eggers, mm-hmm, too, and mm-hmm. uh, The Northman, yeah, you know? yeah. But I just, I can't see that one failing, personally. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Um, like, man, I, I love the original Nosferatu. I love the original. And I even love the uh, Werner Herzog one. So do 70s. I. So with Klaus? Fantastic movie. Yep. I never did see Nosferatu in, is it Venice? No. you know I what? never watched that. I, I, I own it. Either. I've got it on the show. Yeah, I didn't either. I picked it up when, I think Severin put it out, and I picked up a copy, but I've not gotten around to it. Okay. But it's it's got Klaus again, you know. That's cool. I will say, if there's any that I'm looking forward to as much as Deadpool, I'm really intrigued by the new Ghostbusters. Oh my god! I think this looks insane. It just, I, I think it looks fucking phenomenal. I think it's going to be awesome. Well, it's weird. Think about this on a marquee at theaters. It's literally going to be the Crow, Ghostbusters, <laughs> fucking Twisters. Like, what year is this? I know. Did you see that they're even doing a movie adaptation of The Fall Guy? No fucking way. Yep. Ryan Gosling plays Holt Seavers from oh, The Fall Guy. Boy. And you know what? Hey, that was my shit. Yeah. Oh, same. That I mean, I have yeah. them on DVD. Man, I had the toys. Like, Are you God, fucking, it? Oh, God, yeah, dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> fucking Heather Thomas? Yeah. Good Lord. And my, my distant cousin, Lee Majors. That is so fucking yep. cool. Tina's worked with him. Pesci. I've never met him, but he's my grandma's first cousin, yeah, I think, on my mom's side. That's so cool. And it's funny. There's certain facial expressions he makes where I'm like, oh, yeah, he's family. We know yeah, him. That's you funny. Know. What are your thoughts on Godzilla X Kong, the new empire? Because we talked a little bit about Godzilla last episode. Yes, we, yes, we did. And I am going to see minus one, but I am mm-hmm. going to try to find it. In color first, because the 26 release is going to be in black and white. Yes, I did so, see that. Yeah, so I do want to see it in color. And there is a couple of places in LA, and then I believe there's one in San Diego that's still showing the film. Okay. So I am going to go see it. Now, as far as New Empire, I think it's I think it's going to be cool. I really do. Especially with, like, you know, Weingard being at the helm. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows what he's doing. Because you can tell he's a fan. Yeah. He knows what the kaiju audience wants to see. Just big, loud monsters that, wrecking shit, man. Mm-hmm. That's it. He, he knows the the human element is kind of an afterthought in well, these yeah, movies. That's, that, yeah, it, it, that always takes a, takes a backseat to yeah. the destruction. Yeah. Out of that series, I don't mind that Godzilla. No, me I neither. I've I enjoyed don't. all of them so far. Yeah, because, I mean, I am a Godzilla snob. I know. That's that one thing we talked. That's why I wanted to ask you. I'm like, yeah. I know that there's a few people who have watched the trailer and they're like, this looks stupid, that looks stupid, and they're nitpicking and... I'm like, you know what? It just looks loud and crazy, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm in. I'm in. That's you know? my version of a high concept. Because I'm not a big, like, Fast and the Furious guy or, you know, these fucking asteroid movies and sci-fi. Sure. You know, so it's like, you know what? That's my kind of an action film. 
that I can get into. I feel like they've taken something from my childhood that I enjoyed that you can clearly see a guy in a rubber suit and models, but that was still part of the fun. Yeah. And they've just yeah. ramped that shit up. I'm still getting the same effects of those older Toho films. The spirits there, that's all. Mm -hmm. Like you said in the last episode, it's Toho with a budget. Yeah. There's a charm to the way those others work. Yeah. In the same vein, I guess I could ask you this. Mm -hmm. Are you a fan of the Planet of the Apes movies? The originals, yes. I did try to watch these new ones. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't grab me. Really? Okay. Because there's Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes coming out this yeah. year. And I'm excited about it. I've I've enjoyed them all, you know. Yeah, I'm not saying they're I bad. Really... It just didn't grab me. Like the original. Like were... That's the thing. I, that's kind of why I wanted to segue because it's the same thing as Godzilla. You had little rubber monkey masks mm -hmm. and Roddy McDowell trying to emote through what's clearly a rubber mask, you know. Yep, yep. There was a charm to it. It was fun. And the themes were extremely dark. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, there isn't a Planet of the Apes movie that ends happily. Oh, no. Not a one. Exactly. So they're all very nihilistic. They're all very, mm -hmm. you know, whether there's laughs in it or not, they all end with our destruction, mm -hmm. essentially. I just, I don't know. I, I've kind of enjoyed seeing post Tim Burton's, which was just a remake, uh, these like the Dawn, Rise, War, you know, these mm -hmm. these new ones with Andy Serkis. I think the effects are great. And I think the stories are really in tune with the Rod Serling era. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, there's an irony to them. They're, they're kind of deep. They're kind of heavy. And I feel like the makers of the originals would probably really have enjoyed these because I don't think they've made them exploitive or cheesy. I, th I think that they've kept the social commentary kind of intact. It's just like you said, instead of Toho with a budget, it's it apes with a budget now, yeah. you know, it, this literally looks like actual apes, you know, well, it's not cheesy. Well, I'll be honest with you. I only saw the first one out of the remakes the the dawn i think it's i think that's dawn yeah. yeah and i think i was just more bitter <laughs> than anything um, sure because i'm like no where's roddy mcdowell so i think i just kind of like i just nixed it out of it like not it's not gonna be any good and i think that's what i got so maybe i should just kind of revisit them and just see see them for what they are it might not be a bad idea and the only reason i say that is because one of the things i loved about the old ones was how much humanity Mm -hmm. If you can pardon the pun, uh, McDowell especially put to a role that in a face that's kind of stationary. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's he's just shy of puppeting his own face and he found a way to make Cornelius and in the further movies, uh, Caesar, he made them sympathetic, sad, scared. He had a way of emoting through all that that was really cool. Now you zip ahead 30 something odd years, 40 years. Andy Serkis is doing motion capture, and his version of Caesar is obviously completely CGI. He's still acting, mm -hmm. but man, is there, it's the same thing. Yeah. Like you look into this character's eyes and you're like, this monkey is fucking pissed. Mm -hmm. You know, like I was intimidated by him because it did look so fucking real. And I thought for better or worse, they found a way to make it feel like a more expensive version of the old one again. Whereas to me, Tim Burton's, and again, I only saw that one once. I remember just thinking, eh, mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't a big fan of Burton's and it just felt like a popcorn version. Oh, me neither. Of the I, old yeah, one. I didn't like it. At you all. know, but these last three, um, boy, they're, they're heavy. They're deep, you know, 
And uh, that was that was really the entire point of those old movies was what are we doing to ourselves? What are we doing to animals? Uh, there's segregation issues. There's there was even one. I think it's uh, Escape from the Planet of the Apes. It might be the second or third. They even talk about abortion. They found a way to use it, the same way Romero does with his zombies. Mm-hmm. They were using this ape thing as a way to tackle social issues of the time. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of that one was uh, Dr. Zira, Roddy's wife in those movies. Mm-hmm. She was she was pregnant. And now you've got America going, you know what? If she has this baby, this chimp, this is this is how we die. So we need to either kill the mother or let her deliver it and kill the baby. And it was just these aren't things you think of going into a movie called Planet of the Apes. Yep, They were really switched on and really, really cognizant of what the story they were telling and the apes were like a like romero zombies they're an afterthought it doesn't matter that they're apes mm-hmm. the story is this yeah so i don't know man i i i have yet to have seen one that i just flat out didn't like hmm. and i'm kind of excited for this i guess it's the fourth one in this new well yeah because it's, it's, it's rise dawn war right yes war yep. yeah okay and the thing is when you watch them it kind of just picks it up from where the other ones left off. We're not remaking shit. Yeah, that's cool. That's what's kind of cool about it is we're just kind of coming around full circle. I'm waiting for the Apes movie to come out where we actually see the Statue of Liberty topple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and then it's like, oh, God, we know we know where this is headed. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's been kind of cool with these is that none of them have been like, yeah, let's just remake Planet of the Apes. No, they're just like, what happened in those years that Charlton Heston was in space, mm-hmm. completely unaware, you know, thousands of years down the line that this is Earth and this is what happened, mm-hmm. you know. So I think it's been kind of dope, man. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, that would be cool if they they, they tie those worlds together. Sure. Oh, yeah. Because then it's all part of the same cyclical story, mm-hmm. you know. Well, now I got some movies I got to watch. Cool. I got I to gotta check some shit out. So I think we've been fucking jabbering long enough. And bore the hell out of the listeners. <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. This was a... <laughs> um, hey, maybe you guys, you know, maybe you took some notes and you got some movies you're looking forward to now. You should email us at uh, 5195podcast at gmail.com. What are you guys looking forward to seeing? Yeah. Give us some uh, titles we didn't talk about. Or sure. tell us how we were wrong about what we... <laughs> what we said <laughs> about some of our opinions about some of our I, opinions how our opinions are shit <laughs> i got I also i do want to put it out there we just put out on spotify another playlist for you guys it's the collection of songs that we discussed on episode 26 the music video episode a lot of people fucking love that one a lot of people tell me that that's one of their favorite episodes and mm-hmm. uh just as a little treat a little easter egg all the songs we talked about, I put together a big Spotify playlist of all of them, and uh, it's out there, and the link should be on our link tree. So that's something else for you guys to play with while you're at work. If uh, if you've listened to a show and you got nothing left, you know, jam to some songs that have either really good or really bad music video. Some of the ones I mentioned were really bad. So <laughs> Really bad. <laughs> I, felt, I felt ashamed putting them on the list, but, yeah, they, you know. They were bad. They were bad. <laughs> We did talk about them, so they got to go, you know. They got to be up there. And I think we should still put a playlist out on YouTube of the videos. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be super fucking cool. So, All right, man. Well, 
I think it was another fun one. I can't wait to do it again. Yes, sir. And you uh, have a great week. You too. And we're just, we're one more week closer to me swinging back out. That's right. Picking you up at the airport and then heading right to Norms. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> As per tradition. Hell yeah. All right, brother. Well, it was good talking to you. Yep. All right, man. Well, until next time. See you guys.